Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, May 2nd, 2022, in the Gregorian calendar and the 30th of Nisan, 5782, in the Hebrew calendar. Now, let's get to the news. Vyacheslav Golev, a 23-year-old security guard, was murdered in a Friday terror attack in the West Bank settlement of Ariel. He was laid to rest on Sunday in his hometown of Beit Shemesh. Golev's fiance Victoria Fligelman, survived the attack because Golev shielded her with his body. He'd recently moved to the West Bank settlement to live with his fiance and only got engaged a few weeks ago. Golev was a former student at Ariel University. Fligelman has been devastated and is unable to discuss the attack as a witness. Golev was working as a security guard in the city of Ariel when two Palestinian terrorists approached in a vehicle and started shooting. Then the driver and the passenger got out of the vehicle and continued to shoot at the guard post where he was standing guard. Golev used his body to shield his fiance. Both were on duty guarding the entrance of their West Bank settlement. Golev's family immigrated to Israel from Russia. His cousin eulogized him by saying he had such a good big heart and that the rest of the family would tell their children and grandchildren about him so that he could forever be seen as a role model. We here from the Israel Daily News podcast send our condolences to the family of this tragic terror attack. Former Meretz Party member of Knesset and social justice advocate passed away in Israel at the age of 65 years old. His name was Ilan Gilon, and he was the chair of Meretz and worked as a lawmaker from 1999 to 2003 and then again from 2009 to 2021. Gilon got polio as a child before he immigrated to Israel from Romania at the age of nine and often used a scooter to get around. Prime Minister Bennett addressed the news in the Sunday Weekly Cabinet meeting by saying that Gilon was among the most diligent MKs the Knesset or Parliament has ever known, an honest man with a big heart, and that he passed away before his time. He said Elon worked hard around the clock to resolve the individual problems of citizens who contacted his office, not just macro policy, but he also saw people on their level. He was diligent and dedicated, a true public servant. Environmental Protection Minister Tamar Zandberg, who also works in Meretz, said she remembers Gilon for saying, quote, the only law that cannot be enacted is that one must be a human, which became his legacy in politics. She also said, quote, he reminded us that he came into politics so that no one would have to choose between a slice of bread and medication, end quote. The media is going crazy over comments that Russia's foreign minister said to an Italian media agency about Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, in which he said that the man's Jewish origin does not negate the fact that there are Nazi elements in his government. And then he went on to say that Hitler himself had Jewish blood. Israel's foreign minister responded by saying that this is an unforgivable and outrageous statement and a terrible historic mistake and that Israel expects an apology. Moreover, Yair Lapid told Ynet News, quote, 
My grandfather was killed by Nazis. To say that Hitler was of Jewish origin is like saying that Jews killed themselves, and we cannot forgive such a comparison. He said, quote, It enrages me not only as foreign minister, but also as a son of my father's who was put in the Budapest ghetto. He was not put there by Jews. He was put there by Nazis. The Nazis persecuted the Jews and killed six million of them. Ukrainians were not Nazis. Only the Nazis were Nazis, and they had conducted a systematic eradication of the Jewish people. Lapid also said the Russians should correct their mistake and open history books. Russia's foreign minister made other controversial comments as well, saying that some of the biggest anti-Semites are Jews themselves which goes back to the rhetoric that he was speaking about before. Sometimes it's important not to shine a light on ignorant comments like this and not to make it too big of a deal. But at the same time, I can understand why Yair Lapid would want to comment back. If you don't take the opportunity to shut down hate when you hear it, it just goes on forever. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett met with Mansour Abbas, the leader of the Ra'am party Sunday, in an effort to smooth things over. It was the first time that the two met since violence escalated on the Temple Mount during Ramadan and Passover, which ultimately was the reason party head Abbas said he had to temporarily pull the Ra'am party out of the coalition. Bennett is holding on to his government by a thread, and if Ra'am leaves the coalition, his majority will be absolutely lost, and it could push Israelis to another round of elections as the government will completely collapse. On Saturday, Hamas leader Yahya Sinwar called Abbas a traitor for ever having joined in the Israeli government in the first place. Bennett responded by saying, quote, it is clear to me at this stage that Hamas does not love this government. Perhaps they miss the suitcases of dollars or they simply do not love the possibility of us all working together to improve the conditions of Israel's Arab citizens, end quote. The government is just a seat away from losing their power, and that's firstly due to the resignation of member of Knesset Edith Silman, who announced she's leaving the party and moving to work with the opposition. Her resignation took the government from a 61-seat majority to an even in 6060 split, Ra'am declared that they would freeze their participation in the government during the Knesset or a parliament recess. So it didn't truly affect legislation. It was more of a threat because Knesset members weren't hard at work during this time. They were on recess. But the party has still not agreed to come back once the recess is over. And rumors, but rumors are out that they will not leave the government until Abbas feels that all the items on his agenda have been passed in an effort to make their voters feel that they came through on the policies that voters voted them in for. Other reports say that in a meeting with Foreign Minister Yair Lapid, Ra'am already agreed to come back to the coalition. Israeli police arrested two men in southern Israel for allegedly smuggling around 20 handguns from Jordan into Israel across the border. The two Palestinian men are reportedly from Bethlehem and in their 30s. They had been en route to the West Bank with their load of guns. Law enforcement say that the pistols are typically sold to Arab Israelis for both criminal and terrorist purposes. The guns are worth around 500,000 shekels in total or about 150,000 U.S. dollars. The two men will be seen in a Beersheva court late on Monday. This is a follow-up story from a couple of weeks ago. Remember when we reported that Palestinian young adults had been throwing rocks and stones at buses that were headed for the Western Wall in the old city of Jerusalem? 
Well, five people have been arrested from that incident. Police took in suspects from East Jerusalem and Kalkilia. They are supposed to be indicted in the coming days. The attack allegedly happened on April 17th in the morning when rioters got together and hurled stones, many in which cases broke the glass windows of the buses. These are public buses. It was done with help from one person who used his vehicle to stop the buses from coming down the road while the rest of his crew attacked the buses. Passengers on board were hurt during this event. Sarah Bashi, a Jewish Israeli, is slated to become the new program director of Human Rights Watch, or HRW, an international organization that defends and advocates for human rights. Previously, Bashi was the director of Gisha, an Israeli human rights organization that works to protect Palestinian residents in Gaza. Bashi also served as the director of Israeli-Palestinian affairs for HRW and last year worked as a special advisor for that organization. The organization has more than 500 employees and $100 million in their budget to work against human rights abuse, but they're also notoriously harsh and critical of Israel. Last year, the organization issued a 213-page report accusing Israel of apartheid and war crimes. Despite the HRW's anti-Israel sentiment, Bashi says she's excited to work there and make a change in stopping human rights abuse. In a Twitter statement, she wrote, quote, I'm thrilled, honored, humbled, and grateful to announce that next month I will begin my appointment as HRW's new program director, supervising our research and investigations as we reorient ourselves to strengthen the broader human rights ecosystem and meet today's challenges. And of course, this all comes on the heels of Ken Roth, the executive director, stepping down after upwards of three decades on the job. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, we'd like you to consider sending over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. The financial support that we get from subscribers helps us maintain our show and it helps us continue to grow and try to reach new audiences. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I write myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in Israeli affairs, Israeli politics. Our world politics. We have one link in the show notes which you can click on and that'll take you to the page where you too can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. So check that out at israeldaily.news. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on Facebook at israeldaily.news as well as chat at Fold. My name has two N's in it and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. Israel's field hospital in Ukraine is being closed after six weeks of operation. The medical team came home to Israel on Friday. The hospital was called Kohav Meir, or Shining Star, which was a play on words in honor of Golda Meir, who was born in Ukraine and founded an agency that eventually worked with Sheba Medical Center to bring people medical resources. Meir was also Israel's first and only female prime minister. During the time of this pop-up hospital, crews treated 6,000 patients and delivered a baby. The people who were helped were, for the most part, not hurt from the war, but were unable to get regular health care needs met because the Ukrainian hospital system was just stretched so thin following the Russian invasion on February 24th. The hospital was supposed to wrap things up two times because it was only supposed to operate for one month but ended up there for six weeks 
The 100 clinicians and staff were replaced by 80 new professionals who stayed after that one-month mark to help people for an additional two weeks. The hospital had 150 beds for civilians with 10 outdoor tents. The operation cost 21 million shekels, or about 6.5 million U.S. dollars. Eid Mubarak to our Muslim listeners who celebrate the final day of Ramadan here in Israel, which is today. Similar to Jews, Muslims operate using the lunar calendar, and so the final day of the holiday started Sunday night and will end Monday night at sundown. So that's tonight at sundown. In honor of this, Israeli President Isaac Herzog called up Muslim leaders like the Palestinian Authority head, United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain heads to wish them a happy holiday. Herzog told leaders that he hopes for peace and stability in the region in the coming months. And congratulations to eight-year-old Noam Sasson from Ganei Tikva, Israel, who won the European chess competition for children under nine years old. It happened on Friday in Rhodes, Greece, and as he got his trophy, he held the Israeli flag and the national anthem Hatikva, known as Hatikva, played. Congratulations, Mr. Sasson. Tomorrow is Yom Hazikaron, or Israel's Memorial Day. It truly affects everyone because mandatory service means that most Israelis know someone who was hurt or killed while defending the country, or they themselves were hurt on duty. That holiday goes from Tuesday night into Wednesday night, and then will immediately be followed by Yom Ha'atzma'ut, or Israel's Independence Day, which is a joyful, fun experience filled with barbecues and partying. So you go from sad to joyous very quickly. The Israel Defense Forces announced Sunday that they would be closing border crossings to the West Bank and Gaza Strip on Memorial Day and Independence Day. These closures are going to start Tuesday at 3 p.m. and last until midnight between Thursday and Friday, which is May 6th. Humanitarian cases will be reviewed for those who need to come in and out for special services. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Monday, May 2nd, 2022. Tel Aviv has a low of 21 degrees Celsius and a high of 25 degrees. That's 70 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 77 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add in a few personal anecdotes so you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my personal life. And I always mention our professional highlights from the Israel Daily News podcast. You can sign up for that newsletter on our website at israeldaily.news. If you are signed up for it, you should have it in your inbox. I sent it out last night. Thank you to our interns, Erit Skulnik and Perry Schwartz, for writing some of today's stories. Their last day is today, but you will hear some more reports from them coming throughout the rest of the week. I'm going to send you off today with a song called Hayati by Ariella Zaitlin. She's a violinist and says, as an Israeli immigrant or an immigrant to Israel, she likes to use the musical flavors that she comes in contact with to create new sounds, and this song is a result of that. Enjoy the song, and have a great and productive day, and an excellent week.